Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and your future planning started yesterday. You need simple, easy strategies to create maximum results. This is The Scotty Show. Time to get your ducks in a row with Scott Leonardi, owner and president of Complete Solutions, Inc. As a certified financial fiduciary with 25 years in the planning industry, Scott helps educate you on how you can make the best decisions for your family and your finances and helps you get your ducks in a row for your incredible future. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Scotty Show with Scott Leonardi. Scott, how are you? I'm doing awesome, sir. How are you doing today? I am nervous. You're nervous? What are you nervous about? (laughs) This is a Scotty show. What are you nervous about? Anything can happen. I know, but see, now we have a guest on the show, and and she's an attorney, and so we've really got to watch our, make sure our ducks are in a row in a a legal way. You know, I got five kids, as you very well know, right? And I used to love that, that the Lion King, right? Remember when they used to say, Mufasa, ooh. Ooh. This is an attorney, ooh. Ooh. Mufasa. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Mufasa. Oh, we're going to get sued. Oh, but we're we're, we have an attorney, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Yeah, so right, I'm so excited, I'm excited show. about our show tonight. Uh, you know, this, this podcast is called, Do You Have a Will or a Won't? Oh, Ta-da. very Do you have nice. a will or you have a won't? Because yeah, yes. having the proper documents obviously makes tremendous sense, and if you don't have those documents, you got some won'ts going on, won'ts mm-hmm. going on. So yeah, so this is Miss Karen Hamilton, and she's been with me, uh, not with me, but she has her own practice, And but we've actually done business together, I think, probably 25, 22 years, something like that, long time. She's helped a lot of my clients. Uh, you know, She has her own legal practice, and Karen, how, how long have you actually been practicing again? I've been um, a licensed attorney since 1995. Yeah, so about about twenty. That's about 27 years. Yeah, yes, pretty pretty close when I started this, the whole insurance game. So, so that's exciting. Um, so yeah, we're on this uh, call tonight because we're talking about basic estate planning documents, things you need, and that kind of stuff. But before we get started, Eric, I got to tell you this. I don't know if you ever heard of this before, but and I was talking to Karen one day, and she was telling me what she was going to go do this weekend, and, and she told me, and I thought, what? I said, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going curling. I'm like, oh yes, curling. Well, curling. What that. the heck is? What the heck's curling? I so she is a to. professional. She's an amateur professional, uh, state renowned curler. Right? Is that curling? Really? <laughs> you call yourself a curler? Is that what? Yes, yeah, so I'm a curler. I've okay. been curling for 16 years. 16 years. I've represented the United States and Canada on a friendship tour where what? we toured Canada for three weeks. Wow. And. And I also have gone to club nationals and played in senior nationals, and we got the silver one year and bronze one year. Wow, wow. that is awesome! Yeah, when she told me curling, I thought, "Hey, your hair, your hair looks fine, Karen. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be curly like mine." <laughs> so that's that's pretty exciting. So she's she's pretty unique, very smart, intelligent attorney, but also pretty kind of pretty cool, pretty unique. And she also she also uh, uh, works with dogs. She does does dogs dog dog trials. So. What dogs do you kind of train? I run Dog Agility. I have a a 13-year-old Jack Russell who's qualified for nationals this year and a a year-and-a-half-year-old puppy, Parsons Russell, who is just getting the hang of it. Nice, nice. And that's basically running an obstacle course where they do jumps and tunnels and teeter-totters. And and if I don't tell them what to do fast enough, they bite me. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that doesn't happen in curling. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, curling. (laughs) If I ever, got bit by the other curler. That's right, oh, man. If ever you are able to cross those two, Karen, the, the dogs and the curling, I guarantee oh, we'll have a goodness. sponsorship from this this podcast. Uh, in some yeah, shape, yeah. way, shape, or We'll make t-shirts, something. I would love Maybe to see we'll that. I would watch it all day. Durling. Durling. Yeah, Durling. You're darling Dogling. Dogling. <laughs> Dogling. <laughs> this has completely gone off the rails. I know. What are you guys talking about to, Let's today? get back oh, to oh, business. Right. There's a will, there's a won't, there's a did and don't. So do you have a will or do you have a won't? 
So, uh, so Karen's on today. We're going to talk about some of the basic estate plan documents that people need and just the importance, really, of estate planning. So, so Karen, I know there's a variety of different basic planning documents out there that you need, but what, what happens? Let's start out, first of all, what happens when people don't have the basic estate planning documents? I mean, what kind of stuff have you ran across that people will have to deal with when they just aren't prepared? Well, a perfect example, Scott, just recently I had a client, I was in the middle of preparing a um, revocable trust for her. She told me when she came into my office, hey, this is really simple, and oh, by the way, I have stage four cancer, and we got a summary or a preview of her documents, and all of a sudden she started making it really confusing. And her the goal of her object of her will and trust was that she wanted her brother who was on disability to inherit her house. Well, she drug her feet and died the night before we were supposed we were scheduled to sign her documents. Oh man! So now her estate, because she had didn't have a will, she had a don't, is going to be passed through Ohio intestate laws, and it's going to be divided four ways between all of her siblings. And she had a couple siblings who passed away before her, so their children are going to be standing in her shoes. So it's it's made a probate nightmare. Wow. And you brought up a word that I recently heard, intestate. So if you die without a will, you die intestate. intestate. Did I say that correct? Yeah. In the state of Ohio, under their law, the Ohio Revised Code decides how your assets are distributed versus how you wanted them distributed. So it's going to cause a major hang up in this estate and her goals are not going to be accomplished yeah kind of a kind of a nightmare kind of a nightmare yeah, yeah. just having the proper documents in place obviously are crucial we recently had a client that same situation the daughter she she got very ill she needed somebody to make some health care decisions for her and of course her daughter steps in and says well i'm the daughter and the doctor pretty much said well uh, i'm sorry but where's the document that says you can make this decision and the girl says well i'm the daughter he said, that doesn't matter. We, you know, we need the proper document to do that. So again, obviously it can cause nightmares not being prepared, that's for sure. That's for sure. So what are the basic estate planning documents that pretty much everybody over the age of 18 probably should have at least the basic documents, right? Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, you know, like your durable power of attorney for health care, where you name at least one. I, I advise two or three adults, normally your children or your spouse or significant other, that you trust to make medical decisions for you. In the event you can't, another one would be a living will if you don't want to be left on life support if you're in a terminal condition. The most important one, I think, for everyday living is a durable power of attorney for financial matters. Um, and that's where you've named someone that you trust to make financial decisions for you and manage your money in the event you're incapacitated and you can't do that yourself. That's the most important document because you have a client in the hospital and they need to pay their mortgage, they need to cash their pension check, they need to take care of their bills and they can't do it from the hospital and they're maybe they've had a stroke or they're in a god forbid a coma and that no one's name that can sign their checks for them yeah so so financially that's tough but right on the other other side of the coin man that's a man you give a lot of power to somebody when when you sign over a What'd you call it? A general durable? A durable power of attorney for financial matters. So you give you give people a tremendous amount of power. So what could I do if I had a power I want a power of attorney for over Eric? <laughs> hey. What could Scotty at the Scotty show do if I had a if I had a durable power of attorney? What, what kind of options does that give me? Well, you can you can have a very broad powered one, which is normally if you're dealing with a spouse and your children, which gives them the power to manage your investments, your IRAs, deal with tax matters. As far as even to file, I've had it where the, the power of attorney has to file bankruptcy for their 
spouse or their parents. You can also do a limited power of attorney. You can say, I only want them to be able to manage my account at this bank. Oh, right. Okay. So you can have it as broad as you want or as narrow as you want. Um, we normally make it only in the event you're legally incompetent. Okay. But if it's um, someone's older and they don't want to be declared incompetent, then we'll say, let's do it immediately. I know. And then I, as a safety net, I will name two people a lot of times so that there's a check and a balance. So one person has power of attorney. They can embezzle or skim from the top. But if it's two people and two people are looking at the books and writing the checks, you have less of a chance of theft from the estate. A little harder unless they're both crooks, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> little checks and balances. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that you could actually do a, a, you know more of a limited power of attorney on just a specific thing. And then, of course, more of a broader for more more of a, more usage. Yes. Yeah, I'll be darned. I'll be darned. Now, you also mentioned something I thought was kind of interesting, too. You said normally the person doesn't take over the power of attorney until somebody becomes incompetent. I'm sure there's some type of a medical process that, that, that incurs that, right? You can't just say mom's I'm not nuts. incompetent, um, Scott. Uh, er, Eric's, Eric's I'm not incompetent. incompetent. <laughs> I, I want his money. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you have to have a statement of expert evaluation from two physicians that okay. this person is not capable of making decisions or managing their affairs. Okay, well, that, that kind of makes sense because, like I said, that, that sounds like one potentially powerful, powerful document. So you need your bills paid, but on the other hand, you know, you got to try to, you know, got to try to protect your money. So. Huh. So, that's kind of, so it's basically four basic documents that pretty much everybody should need. Your, your basic will, your, your living will, uh, your health care power of attorney, and then again, that general durable power of attorney, which is really the financial, would you call that a financial, financial power of attorney? Financial power of attorney, yes. Yeah, good, good, excellent. So just for the, for the listening audience, some people may really know what this is, some people may not, but what is a, what is a will? I mean, just, what is a basic will? What, what is well, if, so if you die without a will, the state of Ohio writes it for you. But a basic will, people call me all the time, I want a basic will. But a will basically states who you want your estate to go, what, what your things to go to when you pass away. Who gets the house, who gets the car, or if you're just dividing everything between the, the three children. And um, also you name who you trust to be the executor or the administrator of the estate to make sure that every, all your bills are paid and take care of all the legal affairs with the attorney normally helping you with the probate estate. Um, so that's, that's kind of the guy in charge or the girl in charge, right? Exactly. The head person in charge. Nice, nice. Good, good, good. But with the will, with whether you die intestate or you write your own will, it is a ticket to probate. You're guaranteed that your estate's going to have to go through the probate process before any assets are going to be distributed. And that normally is a five to nine month process. Some of some probate estates take even longer if it's real complicated or someone's contesting the estate. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to talk about some other options than trying to go through probate here in just a little bit. But so, so really, you have a will that's just a ticket to probate. Everything is going to go through probate, or most things are. And then that time process is, like you said, what a five to nine month type process. So during that time, delays occur, money costs occur, things like that, which is kind of crazy. And then, and isn't a will pretty? Isn't it pretty public? I mean, could could I go down and see my neighbor passed away and they went through probate? Can I go down there and get a copy of their probate file? And could I see how much money Eric really did have when he passed away? I mean, could, could I see that? Not only will you see the assets he had, but you, you'd see that he owed, you know, $2,000 to Playboy. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all, yeah, all the oh, the skeletons come out of the closet. All these the bills? It's not going yes. well for Eric. <laughs> 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 Only on the Scotty Show. Yeah. Um, and now we know so how I died. Just, My wife killed yeah, me. Thank you very much. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> well, the other thing that's really important is, and I deal with this unfortunately a lot, is if you're disinheriting one of your children, mm -hmm. that's a public document, and everybody that's nosy can go down there and look and see that. Maybe you're not 
dividing the estate equally. Mm, so you have yeah. a lot of hurt feelings. And one of the things I've found over the past 20 years, a lot of marketers, financial advisors like Scotty, but <laughs> will go down, they used to go down to probate and say, oh, this person lived in a wealthy neighborhood, they just passed away. And they wait two, three or four months, they get down and say, okay, Johnny just inherited a million dollars. So that's why all of a sudden, they're getting solicited with all these advertisements for, oh, hey, you need a financial advisor. Because probate's public process. Yes. Oh, I never thought about that. Wow, so that's not that's not like me. That's one more way to market. I never thought about that. There you go. <laughs> well, that's the same that's as crazy. that's the same as uh, workman's comp. Workman's, that's, oh yeah, that, that's a public yeah. thing because I, one time I got injured. And I couldn't believe how many letters I got from attorneys, not from Karen, but other attorneys. Yeah, <laughs> saying, hey, you want to sue somebody uh, because you got hurt? Uh, so that sounds like a nightmare to me that that's all public and, and people would kind of leech onto that. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only for salespeople, but like you said, is what Karen said a few minutes ago, which made sense. I mean, you, you know, sometimes one of the kids borrow money from you throughout yeah. the year, so you think, well, when when you pass away, you know, that child's going to get less because I gave them money. So, but then all that stuff comes up in probate because who got what, what bills mm-hmm. were paid, are all it's all part of the public process. Wow. And the other part of probate is that anybody, let's say you disinherited, a lot of times it's because they've failed to maintain a relationship, they haven't spoken to their parent or parents for 20, 30 years, so they're written out of the will. Well, with probate, they're given a statutory time limit where they can contest the will and cost the estate a lot of money because, hey, I'm left out, it's no no skin off my nose, I'm going to battle you, I want something out of this estate. Wow. So yeah, yeah so somebody can be left out of probate and they're not going to get no inheritance at all, but they can still go back and try to contest that will. Right. And it's going to cost the it's going to cost the estate money to defend. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask this thing, you know, what's the average cost of probate? I mean, what is the average attorney's fees and process? I mean, I know it's each different with every state's different, but what's the ballpark? I mean, would you Every county in in Ohio is different. Um Franklin County allows the attorney to bill by the hour, you know, $300, $400 an hour. That can rack up a lot of fees. But AARP did a study a few years ago, and the average probate cost is usually around 7 to 9% of the estate. What? 7 to 9%? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. total uh, you know, fees and all that kind of stuff. 7 to 9%. So, so, I, so again, I pass away. I got, you know, I got. You know, I don't think I have a big estate, but maybe my house is worth two fifty, and I got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar IRA, and then my wife's got one, and it got some savings. Next thing you know, we got five six hundred thousand dollars. You're saying me seven to nine percent approximately could be, and it may be wow. less. I may, I do know like a Franklin County average is around seven percent. Yeah, Eaton, Ohio, I probated a state several years ago, and they actually had a chart. This is what you can bill for each oh, really? up to this amount. So that kept it around five and a half percent. Okay, so yeah, um, pretty broad spread. But even but even that, even five percent of your estate, I mean, that could be a pretty good sized chunk of money just just to move your assets onto your kids. And, so. and the reality of it is, the executor really does most of the work for the attorney. They have to chase down the assets. They have to chase down the bills. They have to write the checks. The attorney's just shuffling the paper. Attorney just gets the money, huh? Exactly. Hey, yeah. I don't need to become an attorney yet. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's good. Well, where, one other thing too that I've had, uh, I've heard this, and several clients have asked me about, talked about a DNR. So a DNR. So do you prepare like a DNR prior to you need it, or is that kind of a at need document? Is that part of these processes, or no? A do not resuscitate order is what a DNR is, and okay. that's actually something you would get from your physician. Oh, okay. But in your healthcare power of attorney in your living will, you would be stating, "I don't want to be left on life support. I don't want you, a living will." Is basically we're saying. I don't want to be left on life support. If I'm in a terminal condition, I don't want, you know, 
my brain froze until you find a cure. I don't yeah. want to be left on that feeding tube, even though I've been in a coma for three months. So the living will allows your wishes to be followed. And if it's you don't have a living will, there's several cases that have been around in the past 10 years. Um, the one in Florida, Karen. What was that girl? What was that lady's name? Uh, Shivo? Shivo. Or Shiv- yeah, yeah. Where the parents wanted her left on life support. The husband, she'd been in a coma for several, several months, was basically brain dead he wanted to remove her from life support and it got into a huge legal battle and it was and it it was public and it wasn't pretty yeah thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars so so then if you have if you have a living will and that's all together then do you really need a dnr or is that just an extra form that you really get from the doctor i get this that point it's an extra form you get from the doctor that's there's one in columbus in the is in the paper this guy did not want he'd had several heart attacks he did not want to be resuscitated and he had dnr tattooed on his chest Really? So he had a heart attack. The paramedics oh, go. They rip open his shirt to hit the paddles, and they saw that, and they put him away. Really? Yeah. Might be done. Might be done. So hmm. that's a bit extreme, but yeah, if you don't want that extra measure taken, if you if you said, okay, if I go, I don't don't kick jumpstart my heart. Yeah. That's what you need something from your doctor. Do the extra form, but but usually yeah. the doctor can provide you with yes. that DNR. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I know we spent a decent amount of time talking about just the basic estate planning documents. And again, you know, I always tell people, listen, you have to have your basic estate planning documents. And here's a key. And Karen just kind of reiterated this. You know, that the whole purpose of that will is to give your stuff away to the people you want it to go to. And I always tell people, listen, I don't care if you have a lot of stuff, a little bit of stuff, great stuff, or crappy stuff. Whose stuff is it? your stuff right and so you want to decide where that stuff goes not let the government decide where that goes so basic state planning documents obviously are are pretty mandatory so so let's just talk we just have a few more minutes left, left on the podcast here but somebody wants to avoid probate uh there's like a ne- another step there you know there's there's a whole variety of different trusts out there but there's probably one of the most common trusts that are used and so what's the next step if somebody wants to avoid probate maybe have a little more control what, what would we use then my favorite tool is a revocable living trust and trust is the key word in that and that's where your assets are transferred while you're living into a trust which is recognized as a legal entity so anything with a deed a title or an account number is now owned by the trust or transfers on death to the trust and you name again one or two people i like using co-trustees so you have that check and balance and they take over the trust upon your death or if you're incompetent and then at that point in time, it comes an irrevocable trust, and they're just charged with following your directions. So to borrow the cliche, it, it makes you as a client, when you're setting up the trust, get your ducks in a row. Yeah, I like that. I need to know where your assets are. So anything with a deed, a title, or account number, we're going to transfer into your trust. You're going to name your successor trustees. Normally, it's your children, or if you have a you know someone in the family who's an accountant or an attorney who is going to be charged with collecting your assets, paying all your last bills when you pass away, and then following your wishes, and it's all done outside of the court. So that's why it's key that you have someone that's trustworthy, and that's why I usually like to use co-trustees so that there's a check and a balance, and they can share the work, and it's done all without attorney's fees. It's yeah, not nice. taken through the probate court. So you spend a little bit more up front and get the trust created, but at the end, we're not going through probate. So so that's kind of nice. So if we don't go through probate, then, then would you say a, a, a revocable living trust is a lot more private then? I mean, It's yeah. very private. It's not published at the court. It's settled rather quickly, as quickly as the, in, with medical bills and stuff. It may take two or three months to get all the final bills in. But I've had, I have an estate I'm working right now where we've 
got like $1.5 million. We've distributed 60% of it. We're holding 40% to make sure get the taxes filed, make sure there's no tax debt, make sure no other medical bills creep in, and then the distrib final distribution will be made. No court involved at all. And just I think the only fee was getting an accountant to do the, the final taxes. Final tax return. So I like that. No, no, no court involved. So, yeah. so quicker, some more streamlined, I mean, you know, a little bit more control. And I just, just one quick thing, too. You said revocable living trust. And I know there's a whole variety of other trusts out there, but some people are worried, well, if I just start a trust, I can't touch the money. Revocable, in essence, means what? That the, that the client can spend everything, buy more stuff. It, they are completely allowed to use any of that while they are alive. Is that correct? Exactly. It's okay. um, revocable trust. Anything they can touch, their creditors can touch, so it doesn't protect them from a nursing home. That's a very key element that some people misunderstand. But they can, it, it's like a balloon. They can put all their assets in. It can be a giant balloon, or if the, as they spend it down as they get older, it can be a smaller balloon. But it's revocable. They can amend it at any time. They can change their mind as far as where everything goes. But the key is is that it follows their wishes. Nice, nice. And I, and I remember one time you, you were talking to a client not too awful long ago, and this client actually had a child that was uh, had a disability. They, they, they had a disability going on. And, of course, they were getting health care through Medicaid, the state help, because, again, it was a very tough situation with their health-wise. Now, that was a good reason. I know you remember talking to them about specifically about a trust because now all of a sudden if they get a big lump sum of money when they pass away they could lose all those benefits so you can can you do some kind of controlling beyond the grave with some of the money can't you i mean it's oh a, exactly yeah. it's yeah. um you customize it in that you set, set up a special needs trust within that trust so you name a trustee who's going to be in charge of managing that disabled beneficiaries assets they're going to take into consideration all the benefits they're getting through social security disability or whatever and then they're going to give them any extra money that they can without disqualifying them from their benefits and then the provision would hold where those assets go when that disabled child passes away you can also create a spendthrift trust let's say you have a child who's not disabled but let's say they have a gambling problem drug problems and you, you don't want to disinherit them because you love them but you don't want them to snort all their inheritance up their nose. Yeah, so you're going to say, okay, we're, your money's going into a spendthrift trust, and you're, the trustee is going to give you a monthly allowance, whether it's, we're going to pay your rent and your utilities, but we're not giving you any other money, or we're going to give you – I have a, a spendthrift trust that I help set up where the um, son's getting $1,500 a month. The trust will last him about another 30 years, and then – Wow, that's yeah, kind of so cool. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, so it's providing him a lifetime of income, but he can't bust into the principal. That's great. Well, I got, I got five kids, and I, I probably got two of them that are already looking at new Corvettes just in case Daddy goes. <laughs> How you feeling today, Dad? Uh, not too, not too bad. Oh, go check out the Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, all kidding aside, my kids are all very, very, very strong financial character so uh but again if i give my mom all my money who, who knows what will happen so uh, yeah we, we're about at the end of this uh this uh, podcast and uh, we had some great information here and, and I, I didn't mention make sure to get us some additional information learn more about what we're talking about here go to our website uh duckduckplan.com that's duckduckplan.com you can find karen karen's bios under the under the strategic partners we'd love to reach out to you and help you get your basic estate plan documents done or a trust or help you figure out what's the best way to go uh get on our website uh, you can actually schedule a time to have a conversation with us. I can put you in touch with Karen. You can you can have a conversation with her and kind of see what kind of makes the most sense. So with that said, any final thoughts, uh, any closing thoughts? No, just um, if anybody does contact me, I do offer a free consultation and um, can do that over the phone or in person, whichever fits your needs the best. Nice, nice. So that's great. So, so listen, I appreciate you being on the call today and listening to The Scotty Show. Again, do you have a will? If you don't, 
you gotta won't. All right, Scott, not so fast. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm not letting Karen off the hook that easily. Karen, that story really intrigued me earlier that you were you were saying that the uh, the woman that was planning to sign documents with you, she died the day before. Now, I'm assuming that everything has to go to probate in that case. Are you able to be a witness to her wants? The, the things that she wanted to do, things that you guys had worked hard and putting in place, does the court take that into consideration at all just because of the timing Ooh, of it? Or Good question. Not that I know of. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. But that's scary. That's scary that just that one day made all that difference. So, again, I'm just going to reiterate that planning is the key. Scott, you already gave your information, and Karen, we got information on the website. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here, Scott. Thank you for hosting this and, and, and bringing this education to the audience. And, of course, audience, the last thank you always goes to you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to The Scotty Show with Scott Leonardi. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Scott comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And if you've got a friend or family member that doesn't have a will, please share this with them. I mean, they've got to know. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Complete Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you it's time to get your ducks in a row. Thank you for listening to The Scotty Show. Remember, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Live life like it's your job. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Complete Solutions, Inc. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice, tax advice, or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.